All right, welcome everybody to another episode of We All Speak in Poems. Today, Chantelle and I are chatting with Tom Day, a musician who produces music under his own name, as well as Mears. How's it going, man? Very good. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having me. Absolutely, yeah. We've been super excited about this one. Um, I always get, you know, inboxes and stuff about us collaborating, and, and we've even talked about it a couple times. So I guess... I was thinking uh, about that before, yeah. Yeah, this is the Tom Day and Alaskan Tapes collab for now until <laughs> yeah. I, can, I can get to uh, Australia or you can come <laughs> here or something. Isn't, isn't that the, isn't that the um, how it goes with collab, especially over the internet? They just kind of... The idea is there, and then the execution is just always... It's harder. Yeah. It's just I've got yeah. so many, so many collabs that like I've agreed to that have just yeah never transpired. Yeah, that's the ex- that's the exact same as me. I'm I'm the worst for wanting to collab and then never getting around to it. Yeah, like, yeah. like, like you seriously. were saying, Brady, it's probably like it makes it harder when there's so much distance in between you guys, right? Like it'd be easier if you could just go to your oh. studio or you come to his oh, studio. Yeah. Yeah. It makes <laughs> such a difference. I think that's the the only yeah. the only successful collab I've had in the last. Um, Apart from Monsoon Siren, who that's just a, a weird relationship where we just kind of like I send stuff, he does his part, and it's all done. But apart from that, there was the stuff I did with Jake Lowe last year, that was the first collab that's actually worked properly because we actually could go to each other's houses. Um, oh, yeah. I yeah. didn't know Jake was Australian. Yeah, yeah. He lives like about an hour from me. So, um yeah, it just makes it so much easier. And like just ideas just come out so much more organically instead of just like that staggered like back and forth over the internet. Yeah. And yeah. Exactly. We'd probably knock out like 10 tracks pretty easily if, if we were oh. actually able to get together. We'd be able to pick and choose. And- exactly. Yeah, it'd be so much be better. Yeah. For sure. But um, yeah, I wanted to get right into it. Uh, so you've recently put out a new album for you. Yep. Uh, is is the name of it? Uh, what was the writing process of that like? Oh, um, so obviously Melbourne, actually, like where I live or our state, has just hit the most locked down. <laughs> uh, I think lockdown city in the world. I think we we took over. Oh, well. I think it was. Um, can't remember. I think it was somewhere in South America. I think they we notched them out as being the most locked down city. So we're still in lockdown, but wow. <clears throat> we had a little bit of a reprieve for about a month at the start of this year. And um, during that month, I went up to kind of our, we call it the high country. It's kind of like where all the, the national parks and um, it's called the Great Dividing Range. It's like a, a really like lush forest kind of area. And I went up there for a few days on my own with my um, my field recording set up and just went nuts and just recorded like all my spots I used to go to when I was younger, like the old um, rivers I used to swim in and and the, the national parks I used to go walk walking in so I took my my field recording gear up there and um, just captured a whole bunch of stuff and then getting back we got we got taken back into lockdown so I only really had those recordings as my way to escape <laughs> like the, the only bit of travel I'd done for the last 12 months was those field recordings wow. so I used them and um, pretty much just listened to them and just wrote to them um, so a lot of the tracks on there especially like the more ambient ones um, they use all the field recordings from that that trip. So yeah, it was it pretty much started with that, and then getting back in into the studio and just translating those ideas um, or those field recordings into into the album that you hear. And I think that's 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 that's, that's how I'm approaching my production process now is like starting with the field recordings as opposed to just like putting them in. Um, you know, after I've written a song as an extra mm-hmm. bit of texture, I'm actually I feel like I'm steering more towards like 
yeah, the field recordings themselves because I think it like really helps you kind of um, snap you back to like where you were think or what, what you might have been thinking when you were taking those field recordings or what that area that you're capturing like does to you and you know using that as my approach to the production process so yeah yeah you're so good at at utilizing the field recordings and stuff and i'm so jealous i remember probably from you and seeing you know posts on instagram and stuff i was like i need to get into field recording and you know just incorporate into this into my music but whenever i do it i feel like it's just better when it's not there but even in the ambient tracks on for you uh where i guess you feature mirrors uh, yeah, yeah i guess that's that's a way to know it's going to be ambient or drone exactly which is really yeah. really smart yeah um they're just utilized so well and it adds to it like perfectly yeah it just acts as that um like it's kind of something that's just evolved because when i first started using field recordings they were just they were just taken from the internet um like copyright free type stuff and people's um, recordings from SoundCloud. And it used to just be that kind of extra texture. But then when I started realizing that people really appreciated those sounds being used, I thought that could become the focus of my, of my work. So that's why I, last year I did invest like some cash into buying better mics and, you know, getting some really nice microphones that have no you know background noise and stuff because now, when I go out to those areas where I do capture sounds, I can get a really high quality recording. And as I said, it's now the, the, the basis of, of the song when I start writing. So it's good to have that good foundation from the start. And then, yeah, I write to it. And I, and I, I use Birdsong a lot um, because that's, I know it just to, it, it adds to that escapism, I suppose, of, um, of what I'm trying to do with the, the, the song. For sure. Yeah. So yeah, something I'm definitely just like homing in on and, and, and refining as I go. But um yeah, it's 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 been something that's been awesome to see develop over the t- over time now that I look back at, at when I first started using those types of um recordings. Yeah, it, it probably helps to have such like a high quality setup for it too, because all I have is my like Zoom, I think it's called the H three, um, which is pretty old actually at this point. That, that's what I used to use, a, a Zoom H4n, just like the little handheld. Yeah. yeah. And that, I mean, does the job. But if you're doing ambient stuff where you've got, um, you haven't got much else there, you can really hear the, the hiss and like the, the, the yeah. floor noise. So I'm trying to get away from that and, and just have it really like lots of empty space and just like just the bird bird song. Yeah, that hiss in the, uh, the older Zooms are, it's pretty unforgiving. Yeah. That's something I, I realized Um a couple I, of days ago, actually, I um I I got some work with it's weird. I got some work with actually my bank that I, I, who I do my banking with, um and did some field recording for them out at this conservation reserve that they purchased, and that that was when I was using the the Zoom H4n, and they actually released those field recordings onto Spotify as like a bit of a marketing tool, also to promote their conservation oh, wow. reserve. And oh, now cool. when I listen back to it, I'm just like, oh, God, like everyone else, oh. listens to it. everyone else listens to it and just goes, oh, that's awesome. It's like, you know, nice um, sunrise bird song and stuff like that that people really like. But all I can hear is just just the, oh, yeah. No. <laughs> so that, that was what spurred me to like go and like, all right, if I'm going to do this, I'll, I'll at least have a, a better setup that, um, you know, you'd find like in a semi kind of professional field recording setup. So I just did a re- bit of research on what people use, and just thought, just do it, ro- do it right the first time, and just buy some, yeah, some some good um, condenser mics. 
For sure. Do you find that it actually allows you to like hike more? I feel like it's probably possible <laughs> to use it almost like a camera, right? Yeah. Like bring it on hikes and place it down where you want to remember or something. The only downside is it's a bit bit of a chunky setup, you know, like the zoom was handy because you could just obviously chuck it in your backpack. But this is like, true. it's a, uh, yeah, it's two kind of um, X, Y mics. And then it's also got a big like giant um, windshield and stuff as well. So oh, wow. I'd probably get some weird looks if I'm walking around like hiking trails <laughs> with this giant setup. Like what is, what's he doing? So yeah, I try to pick places where, I can at least drive most of the way there and then just maybe do a bit of a short walk. But that also makes it a bit harder because it, it limits, like you can't get super remote away from everyone, mm. like where you want to like remove like car noise and even like planes going over the top. You're just like, damn it, like it just ruins your, <laughs> ruins your shot. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <clears throat> um, so the studio that you're sitting in, yeah. looks fantastic. I remember following what what was that three years ago now? Maybe you started yeah. doing it. Yeah, yeah. I'm so jealous. <laughs> like it's awesome. Honestly. I mean, um, so a bit uh, the story behind this is that um, so I uh, moved away from uh, my parents' place for university, and then kind of um, lived up in in Melbourne, which is as I said about an hour north of where I am at the moment. Um, so I moved up there I moved up, I lived up there till I was in my thirties, I think just at turned 30. And then I, um, my, my dad passed away, um, from cancer in about 2000 and start of 2018. And so I moved back down to, um, my folks place, um, after he passed away kind of to support mum and stuff and just like, you know, it would help out around here cause it's a bit of, bit of land and stuff. So it's a bit of. Um, a headache to kind of manage so I came back down and actually converted this space here which used to just be a really big open shed like with no walls it was just exposed to the elements and um, dad actually used to use this to make like kind of what he it was we call it farm art which is this like kind of um, uh, kind of bits of sculpture that you would take uh, cut out of sheet metal in the shape of like animals and you'd put in your garden as like just garden art like it was just like a hobby of his like he just did it as a kind of a, a side hustle I guess like he, he used to just sell the pieces and stuff and so when I came back down here I'm like I'll uh I need I need somewhere to write because I didn't have any space here to 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 um bring more of my studio gear down to and I thought stuff it I'm gonna try try my hand at a bit of um renovation so yeah it's it's like it, it it's pretty basic in terms of just like it's just like cheap plywood and stuff like that but it's just this really cozy nook with some nice big windows and yeah, it's, um, yeah, it looks cozy. Yeah. I mean, it's such a good space to ride. Like I don't want to move, but obviously I think mum's going to sell soon. So I'm just going to be like, oh no, I've lost it all. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying so to you sabotage. you built it all yourself and like you've yeah. never done that type of work before? Just, I mean, I, the, the framing was, um, we had a, a friend who just came and did like the basic framing and then all the cladding and the floorboards and, it, the installation and stuff I just kind of okay. did with YouTube videos and oh, wow. I mean it looks good on camera but if you look really closely you'll see that it was done by me like it's oh. just like <laughs> the plywood's all like kind of like that but I'm like oh. I'll just cover that I'll just cut that I'll cover that with a bit of timber and stuff so 
yeah, it looks good. Still, like, with uh, enough- I, yeah, yeah, I feel like the average person though would be like too intimidated by the idea of a project that big. Like, oh, you know, nah, like, I, oh, I don't, stuff. I don't know how to do that. That's so cool that you did that. Though. Yeah, no, that's the, that's the one thing I think, um, which is a bit of a luxury of, um, you know, the work that we do where we just have like an income coming in. We have a lot of time just to also learn other things. So like, I'm just trying to <clears throat> use the time where I might not be creative to learn a new skill. Like, uh, like the other day I brought a welder and started learning oh, how to wow. do welding. <laughs> oh, that's super <laughs> so cool. cool. <laughs> but again, not very good at it, but I'm just like, well, a long term, it'd be good to be able to like, just do basic stuff like that. Like, so it's the best way to do it. You just buy or, or buy or, or, or get some secondhand gear and then just look at YouTube videos and yeah, yeah go that way. So I've kind of always approached stuff like that. Um, even if I don't master the skill, you know, completely, like at least get the basics down. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as I said, like it's, it's the luxury of the, the work that we do is like, we do have some time to do that stuff. Yeah, we also have time to just dream of exactly like how we want things, right? Like, I guess yeah. you being able to build your space is something I've always wanted. I've always had to conform to a, a room in in the places that we've lived. And yeah. I've always wanted to have like a shed or something that we're able to convert into the studio, but it hasn't happened yet. Maybe one day. Oh, <laughs> surely. Space on yeah, our that's land. True. That's true. <laughs> but... I mean, yeah, it's the, the, I mean, I've always rented my whole life. Like I, I've only been able to do this obviously because it's my, at my mum's place, but um, yeah, it's always the limits of what you can do. Like that's why I, you know, now is my next big goal is like with my partner, Clara, we're, we're just trying to get that, savings together so that we can maybe get our land somewhere and and build a little off-grid place and yeah that's the next big milestone is like the you know some space where like it will be similar to this but um it will probably be further out in the country and um yeah set up our little retreat or not retreat but you know oasis somewhere (laughs) yeah that's that's um, sure yeah i'm sure you guys that's where yeah you'll be heading as well yeah hope yeah hoping so yeah hope so <laughs> um so you said it, it's at your mom's place but yeah. so like it's separate from your act separate from your actual living space yeah yeah so it's just like an old next door is just like a, a tool shed um and like if if oh, i can show you guys photos but like it literally is just an old kind of like tin shed it, if you're driving past the place you'd think it's just like an old tractor shed or something like that but um yeah i just kind of cladded it and put a whole bunch of um, insulation in here and it's yeah now this little cozy nook except in summer it gets so hot like it's almost unworkable that's that's the only um, downside yeah i guess you guys are going into summer right now right yeah yeah it gets it gets pretty um toasty down here which it's i actually saw some news the other day um we're actually you know i don't know if you guys know like there's the la nina and the el nino like the these weather systems that um dictate kind of what the climate's going to do and um it's actually leaning towards a a cooler summer which is good for us because we live right next to a a big national park and we're just worried that it's going to like if if it's a hot summer we always worry that it's going to um catch fire like we get really big wildfires like you guys as well yeah so as you were coming up like making would you describe your genre as down tempo or how would you describe it typically i, I saw someone um I, I i could not describe it for years but then someone on youtube or um instagram commented 
and I really like this definition. I, I, I'm kind of using um, cinematic uh, electronica. Oh, cool. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that's kind of, that probably captures it best because, I mean, down-tempo, like, it, I don't know, I don't think I'm always writing that, but I feel like cinematic, like I've always been inspired by that kind of, um, those elements of, of, of cinematic music. So like the, the big kind of strings and, and orchestral elements, but then obviously with a, an electronic um, approach to it. So using more, yeah, in terms of the beat structures and stuff like that. And yeah, I think like, I think that's good because it kind of, all my tracks I do try try to invoke some kind of um, emotion that you get from cinematic scores, but Obviously, I'm not writing traditional cinema, cinematic or orchestral music. So, yeah, that's where the electronica comes in. So, yeah, probably that. For sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I actually like that too, cinematic yeah. electronica. Mm. Um, so did you have any specific inspirations as you were coming up, like, what, eight years ago, 10 years ago now? Um, I think when it was when I decided to start – so before this, I used to just write dance music like I was – um, oh, cool. I was writing kind of, yeah, music you'd hear in the clubs. I almost like, I, um, almost had a contract with the ministry of sound in the UK to actually write like oh, an wow. album for them. And that was just before, um, I kind of just pulled everything off and decided to write this stuff. But, um, yeah, no, back then I think, I, I think I kind of discovered artists like, um, <clears throat> Bonobo and, um, yeah, like the, um, Ninja Tune kind of, um, label and kind of discovered this that sound of like a bit slower you know um a bit more broken beat and like trip hop and stuff like that and that just like i just love that um so that was yeah i think i think that was that played into it but it was also just the fact that i felt dance music just felt a bit especially the stuff i was writing just didn't feel like it had longevity i think the the biggest thing for me was um i wanted to write music that people could listen to like yeah, in 10, 15 years' time and still, like, enjoy it as opposed to, like, dance yeah. music's just like, oh, that track was awesome, I remember that, and then it just disappears into the, you know, ether. It just yeah. doesn't. Does... That makes sense. So I think it was more, yeah, trying to find some kind of sound that um, connected with people but also, um, yeah, had longevity. Um, and also, I mean, the just being able to... Um, write a sound that was um unique to to me instead of trying to write other people's music like i was just yeah. trying to write what like back at that those days i was writing music that was just like tr- following what what was big in the nightclubs at that time or um mm. you know just like yeah not really creating anything for myself just like trying to mimic what others were doing so I think that was like the big change was like okay i want to write something that people could say oh that sounds like yeah attract tom day wrote or that sounds like a tom day sound or something like that like it's like kind of starting your own brand or you know yeah, yeah. subgenre and yeah. yeah you've succeeded at that for sure like even now you can just hear a track and like it's funny because I, I when i came up i was doing like drum and bass music and then i think it was specifically you like i probably heard you maybe on mr suicide sheep or something and it introduced me to like the atmospheric side of slower music yeah. i guess den- down tempo is probably the best way to describe it but um and yeah so it's it's really cool i mean even seeing that you're still doing it and stuff because a lot of the people that i looked up to coming up you know eight seven years ago um they don't seem to really be doing it much anymore yeah but uh, yeah i've noticed that as well it's a bit of a gauntlet 
um, mm-hmm. all those artists that I kind of um, not worked with, but like were, were kind of kind of writing music at the same time earlier on. I, I'm pretty sure they're they're not really writing anymore. And it, yeah, it is. It's just like this. It's weird because I love their stuff, and you think that they'll just continue on, but obviously it, music is pretty cutthroat. Like it's just. Yeah, it's tough. Like it's we're, we're pretty both fortunate that we can draw an income off off our music because yeah, it just seems Seriously. like most people just yeah, well not most people, but you know it's very lucky that we're we're in this position. Um, yeah, because I think there's been a lot of talented people who it just didn't work out, and it's a shame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Going back a little bit farther um, or further, what music did you listen when you were growing up? Um, so right early on, I, I still remember listening to, I remember getting the Lion King soundtrack, uh, for my like oh. <laughs> seventh or eighth birthday. And I remember just sitting in like my stereo or my parents' stereo with headphones, just listening to that all the time. A lot of, a lot of like, like a lot of, um, I mean, there was that, there was like listening to movie scores, but there was also just like, um, listening to, um, Lots of early electronica, so like um, Fatboy Slim and Daft Punk, and um, oh, cool. And then like, um, then I went through this like awkward like teenage kind of like listening to like really hard dance music, like almost rave music. But I didn't really oh. go to raves. I was just like listening to it in school oh. and just being like, "This is awesome." Um, I went through a bit of a punk kind of punk rock music kind of phase um, again in teenage like my teenage years. I think I was really trying to find my identity back then. And then um, and then when I get in, got into university, I think, and moving up to the city and going to a lot of the nightclubs, I got into like, um, you know, like trance and um, progressive house. There was always, I think, the one thing I, look, I think back to is I, I was always seeking out music that had emotion. I think that's why trance and progressive house always grabbed me because it was always like, they would dance music, but they also had some nice, like really nice epic kind of um, chord progressions and stuff like that. So I think I've always just followed music that, yeah, that has like, that has some form of emotion like um, woven into it. Um, but in terms of genres and, and styles of music, I think it's, yeah, very much kind of um, moved around. I haven't really like, just followed one sound altogether. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's kind of evolved now. Now it's, lots of stuff like it's obviously yeah there's there's just so much good a mix of everything <laughs> yeah there's so much good music it's just um i try yeah. i think uh, yeah in terms of electronic music like edm like the big dance music like that's that i've lost interest in that i think it's just yeah it's become too um high it's almost like they've just really homed in on like the uh, dopamine kind of hits you know the, the drops <laughs> yeah. and like it's so hectic and I'm just like my brain explodes listening to it and just it's just too much sound like it's too I can't I can't keep up with it so I've kind of moved, yeah. moved away from that stuff and um sticking to like you know uh music that is a bit slower a bit, bit less layers you know just a bit more stripped back and um keep it simple for sure awesome. yeah I think we feel that yeah even going through high school like when when we were in high school that was when Skrillex was coming up and stuff yeah. and the bro stuff oh, if you want to call yeah. it that insane um <laughs> so yeah I guess that stuff died well it didn't die but for us when yeah for us yeah, it yeah, died yeah. a long time yeah. ago but that's the thing isn't it again it's just that kind of like I mean it's it, I look back at um 
yeah, those, those artists. And you just think they were probably making absolute bank like at that time. But I just wonder like, yeah, what they're doing now. Like I know obviously yeah. big bro step artists like Skrillex and stuff like that's, that's yeah, he's, he's doing very well. But like, I don't know, it's just. Maybe they started another project. Yeah, an <laughs> alias. Maybe. Even Skrillex, he kind of. I think from my knowledge, he kind of got away from that sort of sound. Now he's more into pop and like he's working with Justin yeah. Bieber and stuff, right? And That's right, yeah. Jackie and Diplo and stuff. And Diplo, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, amazing producer. I mean, it's just, um, yeah, I guess that's just how stuff evolves. For sure. Yeah. As artists. So going back as well to your first like publicly available track, which was Lost and Found. Um, oh god it yeah is, so honestly good. like that was my favorite song <laughs> i think i found it through <laughs> mr suicide sheep um and the video that it was paired with was that a video that you made or was that from a short no nah, no nah, nah, that was um so that was so i still remember kind of when i wrote that that was yeah again like like you said one one of the first ones i wrote when i first started writing that kind of music i think it was when i my first um sample pack or um, sampler library that I purchased that was like East West Coast uh, samples or something. Oh, uh, I can't some. remember the name. Anyway, it was it was the first time I ever had uh, an orchestra. Like okay. it was like the first orchestra sampler. So um, I think that's when I like, oh my god, this is insane! What you can do now. <laughs> and I found a. I think that that video clip was um, a music video by an Australian band called, I think it's the Audrey's oh, okay. the Audrey's. And um, so I found that on YouTube and thought, Oh, like, I love that animation. So yeah, I just, I wrote to it. Like I just um, opened that up in one screen and just opened up Ableton and just like wrote to it. Yeah. Cause the pair of like the video to the song, like it's so perfect. I remember I would just watch it and listen to it at the same time and I would get like into this trance and I could like feel the emotion and it was just, it was yeah. So <laughs> I mean, it, it was, um, again, that was another way I used to, to come up with ideas for new songs is, is writing to, to image and video, yeah. which I, I, I would, I'd like, I should start doing a bit more. I kind of, I've just stopped doing that, but it was just such a good way to to come up with new ideas. And I, and like you said, like I feel like it was following that little girl's journey, like as she kind of loses her little sidekick, and yeah. Yeah, they find each other at the end. Um, but yeah, now, like it's funny because I listened back to that. I'm like, like it's one of those things. Like, do I revisit it? Because now I've got better skills. But then because I listen to it and go, oh god, like yeah. what's that doing there? <laughs> and the baseline, blah blah blah. Like, but um. I've got to kind of let go of that, I think. It's super nostalgic to us. Like we, we revisited the other day when we were um, getting ready for this and it was like, oh my God, like we're back, you know, seven years ago. Yeah. And it's like, like I've listened to the song yeah. lots on, on Spotify and stuff, but then actually watching the video again, I was just like, wow. Yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, so that's like the first sort of public one, at least on Spotify. I know you have like that Bonnie Vare mix on on SoundCloud, but yeah, was there yeah. tracks before that for Tom Day? Um, there were. So yeah, there was the. It, I went through a bit of a like. So when I was releasing um, dance music, that was also under Tom Day. So I kind of oh. went through this like, oh no, do I um how do I separate that? Or, you know, I actually contacted like old record labels that had released my music. I'm like, is there any chance you could just like delete those songs? And they're like, no, you signed a contract, not happening. And I'm just like, yeah, fair enough. Um, So what I ended up doing is actually um, I was able to to kind of separate um, 
the old music like there's only like two or three songs but like i was able to remove that from the the tom day on spotify from another tom day so it's kind of been split so there are some older dance songs out there but um yeah there were there were a few like tracks that i used to put up on soundcloud that never got a spotify release and that was me trying to find that new sound um and that was just like yeah that was just i I don't even know if they still exist on the internet but Pretty much Lost and Found was probably the first one I was happy to, to put out there. Um, and the, the rest before that were just these, like, kind of tests, I suppose, like, you know, experiments. For sure, yeah. The quality is definitely yeah. there. Like, because when I was going through it, I was like, how is he so good right off the start? What is going on? <laughs> but I guess this makes a lot of sense. Yeah, no, it was definitely, um, there was a few years of development there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think... Every time I write a new song, I'm like, this is my best work. This is my best work. This, like, I, I just hope that that constantly evolves. Yeah. But then people contact me, like, on, you know, listening to, like, Going Home, for example, like, that um, I, I get so many comments, like, on Instagram and stuff like that saying, you know, that and who, who we want to be, like, those two songs that people are like, write more like that, write more like that. And I'm just like, <laughs> I listen back to them. Like, I, lo- I like them. I think they, they, like, I'm proud of that work. But. I'm like, but I like this one, like my newer one. And they're like, no, write this one, oh. more of this one. It's just like, yeah. Um, I just, I, I guess anyone, any product um, producer does it. Just listens back to older work and just like, yeah, biggest critic of your own of your own stuff. And is that hard to hear comments like that? Like when you, you know, you're releasing new things and you are trying to evolve your sound, and then people are like, no, no, like I like your old stuff. Like, does that put you in yeah. kind of a box where you're like, oh, like should I go back to please the <laughs> listeners, or should I continue what I want to do? Or yeah, no, I, I there's a, 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 a it's it's one of those um brief moments of like maybe i should and then i'm like no 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 like because every track every track i write is like representative of of where i was at at that time so it's like telling someone to go back and be be someone else like be someone you were you know it's like and and that's the thing with my music like it's always been a bit of a um almost like a, a diary entry um instead of like an audio diary like it's like you can't just go back and yeah re- reinvent like or 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 replicate the way you were back like yeah. 10 years ago yeah so yeah like when i wrote um when i wrote who we want to be which is like obviously one of the more, most successful tracks i've done um i was like in a real kind of like introspective what do i want to do with my life headspace um i was doing i was in the middle of doing um my phd which by the way i never finished but i was oh. in that moment and um I yeah I was having a bit of a like what do I do like do I want to keep going down this pathway of science or do I want to do music so obviously that's a, a track like that comes out because you're just like yeah super conflicted with what path to take and yeah now now like I've decided music is what I want to do I can't just go back and write who we want to be part two like, yeah that makes sense because I've kind of like kind of chosen the path yeah so you said you went to school for science. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So I um, studied chemistry at uni, and then I oh, wow. went into um, drug design uh, for my PhD. So I was doing medicinal chemistry, which is um, the chemistry of medicines. So building, um, creating new drugs, um, and that was what I was doing all during that two thousand uh, and twelve period of um, of writing. It was um, 
was science, like my day job was um, working in a lab wow. and then I'd come home and do music at, um, you know, after, after work. Wow. So yeah, it was like, it's like I chose two really like, Very uh, not, yeah, but also like not secure. Like I was like, I, I never did something that was like, you know, science is like in Australia, it's just like being defunded. So it's like, Oh, I didn't know that. You're not that that's a pretty tough field to kind of get a career into. And then music, it's like, obviously we know the gauntlet and how hard that is. I'm like, I, I chose poorly. Like I didn't choose anything <laughs> safe. I think wow. we've spoken before as well, Brady. We're just like, all our eggs are in this music basket now. It's just yeah. like, because I, I, I'm too far away from science now to go into that field. So I'm just like, hope it all pans out. Yeah, <laughs> it, almost, it almost has to work because if it doesn't, yeah. it's like we are screwed. Like what are you going to do next? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right, have- that's any job. I'm, I'm trying to like, rectify that i'm like that's any job like any, yes anything can happen with any job you, yeah. you're not secure anymore like we don't live in those days for sure and yeah and with music you know the 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 monthly income that comes in fluctuates so heavily yeah, um, yeah. but you know that's just the life of a musician i think it's what we signed yeah. up for so yeah um, exactly i think i think the best you can do is just try like and that's what i'm focusing on is just try try foster a nice organic growth of, you know, of your audience and, and followers and stuff like that. And hopefully that limits your, the fluctuations like going exactly. like this, like you just want it to be a nice kind of steady, hopefully increase. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure you're the same, but like you don't want to look at like the Spotify numbers and you don't want to look at your insight data too much. Cause I feel like sometimes it can dictate your mood. You just like, uh, yeah. it's on yeah. the decline. Lives 100%. 100%. Yeah, yeah, I'm one of those people, though, that can't help it. Like, I'm so glued to the data. And you the, just love the numbers. Uh, and the numbers. <laughs> but it, it it's a double-edged sword, right? Because sometimes it's super great and you're over the moon. And then the other time it's, oh, I got taken off this and that and my numbers are depleting. We're never going to be able yeah. to pay our <laughs> It's all over. Sell everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um yeah you mentioned it before though and i want to talk a little bit about uh who we want to be just to get a little bit nostalgic and stuff um so now it it has you know 50 million streams on mr suicide sheep and millions everywhere else you know do you remember it sort of blowing up back then was that the first one that was sort of Um, blowing up for you it was going home that was the first one um going home right yeah so i actually had never heard of um like i i didn't really know like I, I didn't know YouTube was like such a big thing. Like I never really got into it early on. Um, I did like I didn't know what YouTubers were, and I didn't know there was a like people doing that as a as a job. So I had no idea about music blogs and stuff like that, like on YouTube. And then um, and then I remember getting an email from someone I worked with at my at, at um university, and he's like, "Oh, I just saw your song on Mr. Suicide Sheep." I'm like, "What's that? What does that mean?" Like what? Who suicide? What? <laughs> and, like, and then I saw him at work, and he's just like, "No, it's this YouTuber who releases music um, and promotes music." And then yeah, I I was just like, "Oh my god, this this is insane!" Because obviously, with that comes like back then when I when I was on Facebook, you know, more more page follows and stuff like that. I'm like, "What's happening?" Like, yeah, totally new to that whole world until that happened, and then um, and then. I think for every each week it was like going home, then who we want to be, and then maybe echoes, and and mm. he just did a few of my stuff and reflections, and yeah, just kind of um, 
started there and I was just like, what, like, yeah, I was learning at the same time about this whole world of, of um, YouTubing blogs and stuff like that. And yeah, that that's really the turning point, I suppose, for me was, I guess if that, that hadn't happened, like, I don't know if I would be where I am like today, I think, um, yeah, I think that was the turning point for, for my music career at least. Um, and that was like going back before that, before I, when I wrote those songs, like I didn't think that they were going to go anywhere. Like I just wrote, yeah. I was just writing the music that I love to write. And um, that was when I was really getting into kind of field recordings and starting to, starting to think about really lightly, like thinking about like what field recordings to use in the song. And, and it must've just struck a chord with people. I think people realized that like, yeah, that this is a sound they wanted to hear more of. And yeah, went from there. I'm surprised that they didn't like reach out to you I was to, to say. ask if they like, I don't know. I feel like you always hear that people submit their music to them and then, you know, they hope that it gets on because yeah. they know that it's a turning point. Yeah. So um, you assume everybody gives permission. Yeah. But for you, like, that's so cool that like you didn't even know what was happening. I know. And it just, it changed Again, your whole career. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like super lucky that that happened. And yeah. I don't know how it happened. Like, I don't know how um, he found my music, but because I, I didn't really have much presence then. Like I wasn't, I wasn't touring or like I wasn't playing out or I don't know. Mel- I mean, Melbourne has a really good music scene and like there were, a, I think Melbourne was getting on the radar of, of the rest mm-hmm. of the world that there's like a lot of good artists or a lot of good music coming out of, of Melbourne city. So yeah, my, this right, right place, right time type thing. Um, and yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, no, no submission. Like I, I kind of stopped sending my music to blogs and stuff. Cause I'm just like, I don't know. I, I it, going back, like my, I, I've said in like other interviews and stuff, like the, the the advantage I had was that music wasn't my um back then it wasn't my income, like so I wasn't like yeah. I've got to make it, I've got to make it. So I didn't care about if like um if my music was being shared or not because I was just writing it for my own enjoyment and it was something I did to um yeah to relax. So my rent and all my bills and stuff were paid for when I was working at Mont- uh, at the university. And so I didn't have to like put all my focus into like, this has to make, cause I I've got bills to pay. And I think that's yeah. been looking back. That's probably something that helped me a lot is because that also allowed me to um, not like just, just write music that I liked as opposed to yeah. writing music that I thought made money. Or like just having that pressure on you. Yeah, and it is develop the sound as I go and not think about like is this going to make it on the like on through sales and band camp and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. It's just like I, I look back now I'm like things just all aligned like um like very fortunately my in, in, for me and like it, that's that's why it's resulted in where I am like in terms of being able to do this full time. Um Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's another similarity that we have, although we're at different stages of life. Like when I sort of was starting and building my foundation of music production and stuff, I was in, I was in high school, so I didn't have to worry about the money. Yeah. Um, so I was able to just do whatever I wanted. And a lot of people who sort of maybe start a little bit late or pursue it late, um, I guess like you did, but it's kind of the same thing. Um <laughs> Yeah, you have to worry about, you know, if it's going to make money, especially if you put all your eggs in one basket kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like, um, I mean, I don't know. I Did you study music or did you, what did you do out of high school? 
Uh, so originally I went for accounting, um, but I only lasted, one I think, <laughs> maybe even half a semester, maybe no, one semester. No, it was one semester because it was, you missed your last exam and then you were like, oh, that's the sign that <laughs> I'm just going to not go. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's why you're obsessed with your Spotify data. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm a math oriented brain. Yeah. Um, and then I did end up going for a year for music production. Okay. I think that's, I, I mean, it, it, um, I do those people who go and like that when they're in their teenage years and they like, I'm going to do music production and then they go, all right, I'll go and study that. And like, it's just like, I feel like there's a lot of like people who do that and it just doesn't work out. Like I'm sure there's a lot that it does transpire into a career, but like, it's just like, I feel a little bit not guilty, but like, it's like people go and study this thing and it's just not a guaranteed outcome that they're going to be. I mean, to be fair, I don't think it's only music. Yeah, <laughs> I think too. a lot of people go to school in general for like university degrees and college diplomas, and then they don't end up going into that field. Science, like it's kind of yeah. just, I did this, but it's I think it's pretty common. I um, I only just finished paying my student like loans like debt this year. Oh, nice. oh wow! Um, Congratulations yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for something that I never use. But you know, like I I have to obviously try rationalize it and as I said to you before, like it, it allowed me to yeah. like, who knows? I, I, without doing that, maybe I wouldn't have wrote, like written the music that I wrote. Exactly. So I, I don't, I don't. Absolutely. And it was a good learning experience, probably like just being in that mindset of like having deadlines yeah. and organization and. Yeah. Well, I would, yeah, I, I, I don't think I would change anything. Like I, I wouldn't, yeah. maybe I would have submitted my thesis cause I got to the end of my PhD. Like I literally had all the, oh, wow. had everything there, like had all the data, all the, like I could have finished and I'm like, just, yeah. just not going to do that. I think it was because, like, Aww. I think it was because, like, I had hadn't worked in the lab for quite a while, and I just the wheels had fallen off, like how, like yeah. how to do it properly. And um, I'm just like, no, nah, I've just got to, I've got to take this kind of the shackles off my you know, around me because I'm just like, it really is. Um, it was just like this big burden sitting on my shoulders. I'm just like, I, I yeah. know I'm not going to do it, but yeah, I, I wish I kind of just got it done earlier on and just squared it away um i mean maybe one day you'll come back and you'll be like you know what i'm ready and then you'll just finish it just to finish yeah, it yeah maybe. yeah <laughs> and then they'll be like we're not going to accept this and then it'll be, i'll be like yeah, yeah <laughs> i just have like a little certificate just like a yeah encouragement award maybe just like a half one yeah you tried <laughs> yeah you tried yeah, try. <laughs> yeah um i guess to get your phd though you have to get your master's first right your bachelor's then your master's but over here uh, over here over here you can do um uh, your honors so bachelor's honors and then oh. you can um, skip masters and go straight into a phd program so i could have wow. but i could have um i could have written a, a smaller thesis and and just submitted it as a master's but um mm. i just by that point i was just like i'd already moved on like i, I was yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah my my path had changed so i'm just like oh well like it, it um you know i got close and i i still got all the learning experience from that and had a really good 10 years like during that period of my life um and as yeah. i said i think it, it did open lots of doors with um how i wrote music and where i was living at the time like i was yeah i was right in the in the heart of like melbourne's music scene and it just it was like a really good experience to to learn and, and network and stuff up there so yeah it's all good for sure yeah and it really is quite the accomplishment yeah um, seriously but um yeah so i, I actually want to ask so looking at your discography, 
there seem not there's not so much of a gap, but there seems to be definitely a trend of less music between like 2013 and 2018. Yeah, that might just be me. And then at uh, like during 2018, I think then you put out the Monsoon Siren EP, and then you started putting out albums again. Um, so what was going on in that time? That that was um, so I for me yeah no so I got I actually got a job with my university so I was finishing my like I was as I was finishing my PhD I started getting some casual work doing it was actually like marketing and like recruitment for the university um because I used to what I used to do is um because I was doing drug development I actually developed workshops for high school students to learn about how drugs are made and so schools actually started getting me to go out there and talk about drug design and um like to all the chemistry students, like, you know, how chemistry can be used to make medicines. And that kind of turned into a, a job cool. offer for about three years, um, full-time doing recruitment and, 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 and workshops. And I think that was really like, that was taking up a lot of my time. Um, and, you know, I, while, while I really enjoyed it and it was, it was great to kind of be in an education role and stuff like that. I kind of um, got to an end of, end of that path and thought I can't keep doing this like it's getting really repetitive and I it's not exactly what I wanted to do and music at the same time was like slowly starting to get a bit more of an organic following so I think during that period it was it was just being really occupied with just a nine to five like quite stressful at times job and I think I was just a bit like a bit lost creativity wasn't really there and then it's all kind of picked up again because like, I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to do life differently. I'm not going to just like work, like not, not work a job for the sake of a job. It's like, I've been able to be very lucky in that I could hang up my shoes of that job and just um, take a pay cut and just, just do music. So, yeah, it's just like, yeah. I think that's what it is. Like, and I think like, I think back to when I was writing like the 2012 album, like, or not the album, that was just a compilation of all the songs I've written over the last few years but it was like I feel like I'm at my most creative when I am like not just uh, consumed by just like a like yeah. If I compare that to the nine to five job that I was doing where I, was, I wasn't really enjoying it, I was quite stressed, very zip, like very little output. Whereas like back in the science days when I was in the lab and it was a bit more of an informal job, that was when I was more creative. And now that I'm not. Like I can kind of do other stuff, like I said, like, you know, learn new skills and stuff. I'm also more creative yeah. that way. So like I've kind of found that that's where I need to be. Like I can't just be like working for the sake of working and, you know, it just I think yeah. it just zaps my – I've got nothing to write about. It's like yeah, yeah, for sure. nine to five song. Well, like <laughs> – it is it for sure. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I think that's probably what it is. Like it's just that I was, I was just – kind of stressed at work and not really having much output yeah yeah that makes yeah sense. for sure i mean we don't want to keep you too much longer but i do want to touch a little bit on um mirrors your yeah, second yeah. alias um when did it start and like what kind of inspired you to start that so i mean it was probably your music brady like i, I think like oh, cool. yeah no i um i i mean i've always loved like kind of drone and ambient like super stripped back stuff but I thought it wouldn't really fit under my my name and 
I I just like when I, those days where I couldn't write a Tom Day song, I was always like just playing around with any of these like synths and, and whatnot around me and just thought I, I want to write something that's like, yeah, that I don't care if it makes any income or anything. Like it's just purely like as a, as a, a way, to, an outlet for that kind of stuff that I love listening to and, and love trying to write myself um, so yeah, I think that was around 2018 that I decided that I'd, I'd start that. Um, I've got no, like, I've got no expectations for that project. It's just purely like those days where I just want to kind of flush out my brain with some nice, like ambient kind of soundscapes or, you know, take that field recording that I might've um, recorded the day before and, and do some post editing on it and then write to that. So yeah, just, just purely like a fan of drone music and, and ambient music and, and wanting to try to do that myself. Um, it's kind of, I, it hasn't, I mean, apart from doing that collaboration with myself for the for you album, I haven't really put much time in it. Um, but it's probably something I'm going to, um, get stuck back into. I, I find it's more of a winter project for me. So when it gets hot and summery, I'm, I'm not like, for some reason it just doesn't work for me. I feel like my music writing is seasonal. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah i feel that too yeah. i think a lot of people do too yeah i was and gonna say that yeah yeah mirrors is so sick too and even just the name how you yeah. actually mirrored it on soundcloud and stuff with the font and stuff it's yeah. so cool no one can search for it it's <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like that's why it's just i if, if i had intentions for that project i would make it better like the metadata would be better but um that's just like you know if you find it you find it and like i just love that kind of um people just come across it like oh like I didn't know you did this as well. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's just, yeah. It's just like an organic find, you know. They've, like, gone through my discography and then because I've got those tracks in there as well and they're like, oh, what's this? And then they're like, oh, you know, I've always been a big fan of, like, drone and ambient, so this is perfect. Um, so, yeah, obviously it's not a it's not very friendly for searching and <laughs> I've had friends like, can you just call it mirrors, like, the correct oh. way up? I'm like, <laughs> too late. That's, that's <laughs> your out there. only other side project, right? Like, you don't have any other... Nah, no. Nah. Do you have I'm, any other plans um, to kind of start another side project or not really? Nah, not at this stage. I think, like, I think the focus on the future is um, just more collaborations, I suppose. Oh, yeah. Like. Yeah, I mean, I really want to try to get them up. Um, uh, actually, Nathan, my Monsoon Siren, and I have got uh, two new singles in the oh, pipeline nice. at the moment. So he's um, he has just finished writing two, I think, solo albums under a new alias that he's doing, but um, he had a bit of time. So he just emailed me and goes, if you've got any ideas, um, shoot them over. And again, like with him, it's just like, here's a song I wrote and then 24 hours. Oh, here's the words for it. And they're just beautiful. And like, it's just been the best collaboration just because I feel like we just complement each other's sounds really well. So um, yeah, so that's kind of my focus at the moment. Um, We're just trying to get them finished off and then, yeah, hopefully that, that takes me out of lockdown. I think we're finishing up in about maybe three or four weeks and then um, I'll be able to get out again. And I think that will be, a chance to start maybe a new album or mm. I don't know. I'm not sure. How do you find like a, just a side question with, with albums? Like, do you find this is like the really sad reality of Spotify, but like, do you find albums are, are a bit tough to release now because you can only really just like push one song yeah. out of an album and you feel like you're not giving the other tracks space to have their time in this 
um i found yeah with spotify it's completely they definitely um favor singles obviously like you have a chance to actually push each and every track of the album and stuff um with that being said though i find that apple music and other streaming services really favor albums they'll push the whole thing you know um but i guess that's where like have you have you heard of the term waterfall singles yet oh no no so it's when you put out one track and then the next single you'll put it out together as two tracks and then the next Uh, single will be three tracks like kind of like an ep but it's just all the singles together so that they're clumped in the same sort of playlist on spotify yeah so that when people check out your new track they'll check out the other ones and that's one way to kind of get around it um even for me actually like the next album technically i'm gonna just put out 10 singles and then it'll just be compiled at the end of the year you know so so how do you mean like you'll um you'll put out a single how does that eventuate into an album or will will it just be 10 singles like but it won't be an album or you will put the album out at the end it's all of those songs exactly exactly yeah, so okay. it'll all just be compiled at the end but as you're going through it like each month let's say i put it out each uh month um so month one will be one track and then month two will be two tracks together yeah and then eight months will be eight tracks and then you know it'll just go all the way to the last one and then it'll okay be like, oh, by the way this was an album you know yeah kind of got yeah <laughs> um, it, it's something i really struggle with though yeah it's it's sad it's kind of no it's it's a it's not it's a sad part of the process because mm-hmm. yeah you would like to be able to just release something all at once and someone it's going to be fed into the machine and people are going to appreciate the whole thing as as and people do obviously like the people who like your music will go through the whole thing yes. but um yeah, at the same time, it's like you just you just look at the insight data and you just know that one track's just being pushed, pushed, pushed all in the random um, algorithm playlists. Yeah. I guess it's technically the way that it's always been done though, right? With the bigger artists and stuff, like one or two tracks or three tracks will get yeah. be pushed to radio and then if you want to hear the other ones, you just have to get the record or get the CD. Um, but I feel like now with you know everything being streamed and streamlined, it should be easier to to be able to push every track yeah. like yeah i feel like artists are definitely more intentional with exactly what tracks they want as well like there's no there's no filler tracks anymore i feel like unless yeah. i'm wrong about that no yeah i i agree i agree i think um yeah i think also for me for me like my focus as i said earlier is like trying to build yeah the, the followers more than anything because i feel like that just really helps um when you do release stuff even with albums like it kind of filters off into their um you know new new music weekly and those kind of algorithmic playlists um i think that's yeah from what i understand is is a really like where you should be putting a lot of your effort is trying to build that organic following absolutely Um, and i found it was actually easier a couple years ago lately it's been more and more tough i don't know if you find that too um the followers seem to be slowing down i don't know if I don't know, maybe ambient music is kind of, or atmospheric music is kind of dropping off a bit. I feel like it's just the way it's yeah. promoted as well, though. Like, it's promoted for sleep and for studying, so people aren't on their phone looking at who they're listening to. They're That's true. They're in a different state of mind when they're listening to it and not focusing yeah. on yeah, it. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure your music kind of gets promoted to, like, yoga and stuff, right, a lot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, it often finds its on those on those playlists i think for for the most part though like 
in terms of the playlist feature, it hasn't had a huge like uptake. I haven't been on many of the big playlists or um, just a few of few random ones like coding and, and yoga and like just obviously like relaxation stuff. But um, looking at the, like, the insight data, a lot of it's from like I see the, a big chunk of the percentage of plays is from just um, either users private playlists or um, like the algorithm playlists. Yeah. So not 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 editorial or you know any of those other ones. Yeah. I'm super jealous of artists like you because for me a big chunk is editorial and those can go away at any point. Um, if you're if oh, you're, it's just amazing seeing someone's like just go like this and then yeah. just oh you're off the playlist. It's just like yeah. it's so cutthroat. It's just like yeah, yeah, it is. Like we are beholden to the like the algorithm gods and yeah, exactly. And, and, and editorial like someone's in there is going. You were making money now, and now you're not. Yeah, it's just crazy. But um, yeah, yeah. Anyway. To anybody listening, if you're you know an upcoming producer or whatever, focus on organic growth rather yeah. than hoping you get on a absolutely know, whatever editorial playlist because it's obviously it's great to get a nice paycheck, you know, to further your stuff. But longevity requires organic growth for sure. Yeah, that's the focus. Yeah. yeah. Um. I'm really excited to hear that you're working with Monsoon Siren again because uh, Songs for the Living is a masterpiece in my mind. Like ah, the whole thing is so perfect. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask, like, how did you guys meet? Was it sort of online or? Yeah, we've never met. We haven't even Skyped. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? <laughs> no, it's just um, after going home, came out on Mr. Suicide Cheap. I think he um, messaged me on SoundCloud and showed me his work and we wrote i think it was conversations um like within a couple of days like i was just blown away like i wrote the backing track for all the instrumental for conversations and then i sent it over to him and um yeah again 24 48 hours song it was just done it was just like and ever since like it's just been email like here's the song i wrote or here's an idea yep here's the here's the vocals it's we've never like done anything more than that and it's just been really so yeah i mean it's the fact we have him skype is just like yeah it literally is his text on a an email and and that's our relationship yeah i was thinking like if you guys ever get together and get to work together in person i wonder like yeah, if it'll be worse. No, I know. Even better. No, like, you know, it might all just collapse. Like we might just might end up having a fight or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm sure. Like you know, you know, like if someone um, when you cut like two artists come together and write music like that, you know that they're coming from they have similar philosophies and stuff yeah, like that. So for sure. I think I think we'll be fine. But yeah, it's just been great to have this totally almost anonymous relationship of, and this right. It's all just about music. Like it's just about this thing. And I'd like to think that like our music has helped his career. Like he's he's obviously going from strength to strength strength. But um yeah, it's it's been awesome. I think we have helped each other a lot in our careers. Yeah, it's it it really is fantastic. I think you actually might have sent me songs for the living early i actually don't know about that completely but um yeah i put it on repeat for so long like leviathan is perfect yeah. it's called deluge is that how you pronounce it the first yeah track? yeah yeah it's just it the opening of the whole thing is so amazing i remember hearing the voice and i was like 
I have to work with him. And then, oh. but he's like kind of, it's kind of like a Tom Day and him thing is so, it's the perfect <laughs> yeah, chemistry. Off him. He's, he's yeah, <laughs> exactly. You guys have the perfect uh, sort of chemistry and your music complements each other so well. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I usually like I'm pretty, um, I don't work with vocalists that much. Like it's only been really my cousin who is Laura, Laura Lethleen. And then, um, oh, okay. and then Nathan, like, I've had a few offers with other vocalists. I'm just like, don't know. Like, I'm pretty. Um, I th- I just think with his music, like his vocals with Nathan's vocals, they're just so like angelic and like they just wash yeah. into the mix so well. And it's almost like an instrument, like the yeah. way he sings. So yeah, it, that that was just a perfect match, I think, for for the music we we're writing. Um, yeah. So I'm glad. I'm also glad. Like we're it's been quite a while since we've written together because he's been doing his own thing and, and just the way the world is at the moment, it's pretty tough um, with COVID and stuff over there and over here. So it's good to go and get something back in the pipeline. I think um, I'm hoping it's going to be, yeah, like I, again, it's my newest track. So I'm like, this is going to be the one, like, you know, <laughs> this is, this is my, um, my new favorite piece of work. So um, I hope, hopefully that transpires and people like it. Absolutely. I'm sure they will. Um, to wrap it up, um, I guess you've kind of already gone over what you're currently working on this EP. And then you even yep. mentioned that uh, you're hoping in the next couple months, maybe uh, you're going to yeah. be starting to work on another album. I think I'll, I think I'll, um, I think I want to yeah get back out on the road and go find some places to record some sounds and, um, you know, get some new inspiration and stuff to write about. Um, I think it'll be in similar vein to like what for you is like a bit of combination between some beat stuff and maybe another mirrors kind of collab. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think that's like where I feel happiest writing at the moment. Like I just, I I, I like the, I like beat driven work, but I also like, yeah, the the stripped back stuff that um, I can take. Yeah. Further. Amazing. Yeah. Any other, any other no, statements or questions. i hope that we can make it out there one day and that you guys oh, can do a collab absolutely amazing. yeah, yeah. Um, let us know if you're ever coming over this way yeah for sure i'm sure um claire and i will do the same because yeah i've been wanting to go to canada forever so would love to visit yeah absolutely yeah for anybody listening uh go check out all of tom day's work um go check out mirrors side project if you can't find it because you don't know how to use those characters go to his website because you won't be able to find it don't even even try (laughs) (laughs) or plug for us go to the songs get lost in playlist it's on there it's on there yeah Um, awesome yeah yeah yeah. uh and thank you everybody for listening thank thank you you. tom for for being here yeah i really appreciate that thank you yeah, no, thank you so much. This, this was great. Um, it was great to meet you finally. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've chatted, chatted for a while, but yeah. Absolutely. And right. we have even more questions. Yeah. So hopefully we'll <laughs> do a part two in, in the future. And yeah, you know. yeah, definitely. For sure. It might be in person. Yeah, oh, exactly. That's, that's the goal. That is the goal. <laughs> yeah. But let's work towards that. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. And uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. Yeah. Thank you.